Hello and welcome to the VentureForth Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Mahavutivani. We'll be chatting with some of the most interesting founders, startups, and VCs about the experiences that led them to where they are today, what they're currently working on, as well as the journey ahead of them. So on today's show, I'm excited to welcome Lisa Fetterman, co-founder and CEO of Namaku. Namaku is a smart sous vide machine that makes delicious home cooking accessible and affordable to everybody. You may have seen Lisa and her husband Abe on Season 8, Episode 10 of Shark Tank, which aired in early December, where they closed a deal with Chris Saka. As an avid home cook myself, and I also worked on the line in, in my past, I love experimenting with new cooking techniques, so I'm very excited to welcome Lisa to the show. Thank you for having me, Joseph. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Can you tell us a little about yourself? Yes. Okay, so my background is that um, I actually came from a traditional journalism background. I went to NYU for journalism and worked at Hearst. And then at night, I would work for Mario Batali and Jean-Georges and folks that had a three Michelin star. I was obsessed with food and learning new things. And I saw this huge hulking piece of laboratory equipment everywhere that I went. And I was like, hey, I really think that I could just make one myself instead of spending $2,000 to buy one. And lo and behold, we invented the first ever home sous vide immersion circulator. And since then, we've gone through YC, um, Forbes 30 under 30 for the innovation, as well as Zag at 30 under 30, and a White House honor maker for manufacturing in the United States. Wow. You have uh, had quite a path to get to where you are today. Uh, like you mentioned, including Kickstarter campaigns, YC, and most recently uh, on, on Shark Tank. Um, so before we get into that, I, I would love to know you know, what goes into building a hardware product? I've built software products in the past, but I wouldn't know where to begin with hardware. You know, that that's um, a common thing that people feel, and, and justly, uh, actually. Like, I, w- I would say <clears throat> just a little bit over eight years ago, it would have been impossible for somebody to grassroots start a hardware company. It was just impossible. There was no Arduino. There was no Raspberry Pi. Um, even the even the software language at that point was unsophisticated for, um, for embedded systems. And now we have all these new embedded languages um, or – or actually, uh, with Arduino, you just use a language that's very close to C++. And that took a long time. That was a long time coming. Um, all of this is the culmination of 50 years of very hard work in the back end in software and hardware. And we're taking advantage of it just right now. Uh, how we got started was that we made DIY open source kits. We traveled all across the United States to hundreds of maker spaces and sold hundreds and hundreds of our DIY open source kits. People would uh, take our class and basically spend six to eight hours soldering together their own sous vide machine. We're like, there's totally a market here. If people who are the earliest, earliest adopters are this gun ho And sure enough, there is. Uh, sous vide as a category is growing and adopting faster than the cell phone, the microwave, uh, the internet. It's, it's, so, it's such a huge market right now. Uh, we're just like playing, ch- chasing demand every day. So you're building that in the U.S.? We built it right here on 14th and South Venice. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, why, why did you choose to do that versus going abroad? 
We went abroad for our first product, uh, the Namiku one, when we invented the home sous vide immersion circulator, because that is what you did then. Um, it was the only way. There were so many uh, components that you could only get in the East, like PCBs and certain logic components for the logic board just don't exist in the West at all. There's no factories that are making them. So we went to China and we stayed there next to our factory for two years to learn how to manufacture from the ground up. We would literally you know, wake, wake up and turn on the lights in the factory, train new people that came and went. And we're like, you know, we, we, we understand the processes very well and we can build in the United States for our second one. We have lots of help from Mayor Ed Lee and President Barack Obama that were able to make manufacturing in, the, in America cheaper than in China. And because we make a machine that the world has never seen before, it is imperative that we do lean manufacturing so that we can close certain parts of our line and open um, certain parts of our line for QA. Um, it's also better to protect your IP when you manufacture in America. I know exactly who comes in and out of my factory and who knows how to make it. Definitely. And so, you know, the popularity of sous vide cooking seems to be in its infancy right now, or, or at least relatively. What can the industry do to create awareness and prevent the technique from being just a fad? I think that, you know, it, it's uh, already been used for 50 years industrially. It's used by the British Royal Navy. It's used by Noma Saison, Restaurant Meadowood, Jose Andres. And those are people who will never stop using it. Um, and the culinary world will always, always use it. At home, it should be um, – education is really important, but this is a thing that is very easy to become part of a repertoire because it is physically just you putting your food inside of a bag and then putting the water and walking away, and that's it. It's really, really easy to um, it's really, really easy to educate folks, and as long as that education happens, I think I think people will use it every day. We just went through our cohort data actually because it's Wi-Fi connected, and we um, tracked engagement after six months of people buying their unit. We saw that forty percent of people were still active users six months later. Wow, that's incredible. Um, you know, I've actually spoken to a number of sous vide converts, including my brother-in-law, and, and so far they love it. He's using it probably twice a week. But one of the biggest complaints that I've heard is with removing air from the zip-top bags they use to prevent the food from floating in the water bath. Since most home cooks don't have vacuum bags and, and a sealer handy, what are some helpful strategies to achieve similar results to vacuum sealing, and are these products in your pipeline? You know, we we have actually uh, never used a vacuum sealer at home because we're so good with the water displacement method. And what that is is that you put your food inside of a zip seal bag and then dip it in the water up to the seal and close it. When you have the water surrounding the bag and the barometric pressure of the water pushes out all of the air. Awesome. I, I'm going to definitely let him know to do that. That, that's the way to go. I have videos of it on Namiku.com. Awesome. And so there are a number of competitors to Namiku in the market. What makes Namiku different than those other machines? Uh, I think that it's a strong showing that this is much more than a fad, the fact that we have so many competitors. Uh, what differentiates us is the power that we use. So we're the most powerful unit that you can buy. Um, we also come with uh, our community, which is called eTender. It controls your machine, and you can create your own recipes 
into the machine. And actually, you can you can use um, our app eTender to control every single other uh, device that has Bluetooth or Wi-Fi connection out in the market. All of our competitors can um, use our use our app. So as a, a cooking enthusiast and uh, certainly a foodie myself, uh, uh, eight years Yelp Elite Strong, um, you've got some amazing names that have supported your, your business, including like Dominique Crenn, Hugh Atchison, Josh Skeens, uh, Chris Cosentino, Kristen Kish, Melissa King, and a lot more. And these are huge fans of yours, and they're huge names in the culinary world. How did you get them involved with Namaku? Uh, just definitely boots on the ground. You know, I met them in person, shook their hand, explained what I was doing, gave them tours of my factory, um, sent books, met them in restaurants, met them at their restaurant, um, and just had the conversation with them. Like, we're actually real friends with each other. Like, I see Chris Constantino probably, like, twice uh, twice a month. Wow. And they're using them in their uh, professional kitchens? That's right. I believe Noma has Noma has 16 machines. And so you've been a part of a number of different platforms to really uh, uh, to, to take your business to the next level. Um, as mentioned, Kickstarter, YC, Shark Tank. How have each of these springboards contributed to your growth and to where you are today? They were definitely um, needed uh, at different times. YC was much more important to us when we were in our infancy, more uh, like as a company, when we were developing our strategy as a platform, because we do, we're not a hardware company, we do hardware, software, and goods. That's our platform. Um, and that was important um, for us in, uh, in winter 15. And then Shark Tank was great because it's time to make, take it mainstream. And there's nothing main, more mainstream than 8 million Americans. Right, definitely, and I'd love to talk a little bit about Shark Tank because I caught your episode uh, earlier, earlier this month, uh, maybe three weeks ago. So, for people aspiring to be on the show, what was that experience like? Well, they actually reached out to us two years ago when we first made our original appliance, but we weren't ready for it yet. It wasn't ready to be mainstream. There was still um, a lot of education barriers. But this year, with our Wi-Fi connected Namiku, our best-selling international number one best-selling cookbook, Sous Vide at Home, and our food program and our software uh, system, you know, our app, it was exactly the right time. Like we've, we were fully ready to go. There were definitely a lot of things to sell, and it was good to go on the TV. Definitely. So you received about 10 minutes of airtime. Stripping away the magic of television, how long were you actually in front of the sharks? And ultimately, what was the outcome, uh, I guess the, the shark tank bump of uh, the experience? Uh, well, our sales went up 1,000%. Wow. So that was incredible. And I highly recommend anybody with a fully fleshed out consumer product to go on Shark Tank. You know, if you do it too early, then you're not going to capture those sales. Unless you have pre-orders, I guess. But, like, you really want to um, be able to ship live when that's happening. We're shipping live, and we still had – we still got a back order. Um, and we were – we have, you know, 10 minutes um, that you see, but you're in there for, like, at least an hour. I don't even remember how long we were in there, but much longer than 10 minutes. Certainly. I mean, you guys killed it. You got offers from both Mr. Wonderful and Chris Saka and eventually closing with Chris. What's it been like working with him, and how has his involvement along with the, that feature like benefited uh, your company and, and 
uh, as he, he continues to support you. Chris Saka is so legendary. Um, I would say that I just have a lot to learn from him. It's not so much that the advice he gives, but just like listening to him and seeing how, what he does with with people who are like pretty legendary like that. It's all about quantity and not quality time. It's kind of like y, the YC model where you just spent a lot of time with people who have done really, really amazing things. And I look forward to doing that more with Chris Saka. Definitely. What what surprised you most about being on the show? Uh, hmm. What surprised me the most? How... Um, how truly dramatic it is. It is like what you see on TV. It, it is so like the nervousness and the intensity. It's, it's so intense. It's so much more intense than you can experience on, um, on TV. That was, that was surprising to me. There's got to be more than just the, the sharks in the room. I mean, probably a whole crew of people in, behind the scenes. Yeah, but you don't actually even see them. Um, they are, they're very far away. They're very far off, and you like when you're negotiating a deal. I definitely was; my eyes were not paying any attention to anybody other than Chris Saka. (laughs) Were you targeting him uh, before you went into the tank? Um, Well, you know, you can't talk to the sharks before you go into the tank. Um, I I guess as an ideal investor, an ideal investor is definitely Chris Saka. I mean, you can't get better than you can't get better than him. Definitely. Um, So. Uh, another thing that's unique about your business, or maybe not as unique uh, as, as some may think, is working with your significant other. You work with your with your husband, and I I suspect that can present unique challenges. How do you manage your work life balance? Um, I think we are actually super unique in that we started our company at the same time we started our relationship. So Namiku has always been with us as part of our relationship, and it's fantastic because I have instant trust. You know, whatever he says, he can speak for me. I can speak for him. Um, it's pretty great. I I can't imagine not doing this with somebody that you're married to. Certainly. Um, what are some mistakes that you've made along the way, and, and what did you learn from them? Um, there, are, there are lots of mistakes. There's so many. I would say that uh, manufacturing, like we were delayed a lot. In our manufacturing, and that's just when you're a first-time manufacturer. That, that sometimes is just unavoidable. You just have to eat your mistakes. There's no, there's sometimes even no way out of them. You know, you just have to uh, build in room to have mistakes like that. Um, I would say uh, another mistake is, uh, I would say uh, SEO and uh, paid ads. We've never done paid ads in our lives. It's always been uh, PR and word of mouth and just like brute force, me going out there and getting things done. Um, and I wish I had started to know what to do with paid ads earlier because then we can just turn on something. But now that's something that we do now that we're like focusing on now. Like how do we get uh, – how do we do demand gen? And that's like some things that um, consumer hardware startups other than us have like a great handle on and I'm very impressed by them. Definitely. And now people can find you in retail as well. Yes. We're in 57 Williams-Sonoma stores and on Williams-Sonoma online. If you order today, their expedited shipping is fantastic for Christmas. Definitely. I, I hope that we can maybe even expedite the show and, and get it out before to uh, encourage people to get on that deal. Um, so ultimately now, I mean, you come so far. And like you mentioned, the technology has been in development for so many years. What's next for Namaku? 
just trying to take over the world, Joseph. The same thing we do every day. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We've got to get this into every single home. Like everybody could really, really benefit from this. Senior citizens, um, teenagers who are going to college for the first time. It's just like I. It just breaks my heart when people eat a bad meal or don't know how to nourish themselves. You, everybody should be able to know how to cook. Not knowing how to cook is like not knowing how to make love, in my opinion. Like you have to know certain things to be an independent person, and this is one of those important things that you shouldn't sleep on. Absolutely, <laughs> I love the analogy. Um, I'd love to wrap up with some quickfire questions, capped off with an opportunity for you to plug anything that you like. Um, <laughs> so besides your own cookbook, and there is a cookbook that, that is a compliment to the Namaku, uh, what is your favorite book? My favorite book, I would say uh, for, for work, it would be uh, a book called Just Listen. It's written by this guy who coached FBI uh, on hostage situations, and it's about um, basically getting your way. Um, through listening to people and how to listen. I didn't understand what listening was until I read that book. I thought I listened to people, but uh, this book taught me how to actually listen to folks. Th that sounds like a crazy basic thing, but I really needed help. That book was very helpful. So for work, I would recommend just listen. And for personal pleasure, um, I, I like this book called uh, Alluring Lettuces. Alluring Lettuces, it's by a botanist, and every single thing is hand-drawn. Every single lettuce and uh, plant that you can plant is hand-drawn, and there is, like, a like off-the-cuff recipe. He's just like, yeah, just boil it with some water and some onions, da-da-da-da-da, with, with every one. Like, I learned from that book that carrots weren't originally orange. Um, the Dutch made them orange because they liked that color, and carrots, when they were first cultivated, they were cultivated for their greens because their greens were so had a, such heavenly aroma. So that's a great one. It's on my. It's one of the uh, many books on my nightstand. And so, uh, with your restaurant industry background, what? And I imagine that you also do some home cooking uh, as the founder of Namaku. What is your signature dish, or or even your favorite dish? Hmm. Um, one of my signature dishes with Namiku is my porcini coated steak. So, um, or amazing. Oh, thank you. Or my matsutake salt steak. So I go out and I, um, and I forage for porcinis and matsutakes. I dry them in my dehydrator, grind them up into um, a powder, and mix it with omnivore salt. And then I coat, I coat the entirety of a huge, you know, like. Um, like Fred Flintstone steak. And I sous vide it for 57 degrees, at 57 degrees Celsius for two hours, and then I finish it on my grill. And everybody, like, it, it's all gone the second it comes off the grill. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the dehydrators. That's a, a Skunk Works project for Namaku. Is that coming soon? Ooh, I think so. I think, I think that sounds like a good idea. We should release it. <laughs> Most entrepreneurs I know have very little free time. If you had more time to spare, how would you spend it? Um, I would spend it volunteering if I had free time, more free time. I volunteer right now on Sundays to uh, take care of kids. Um, but if I had even more free time, I would volunteer at a soup kitchen because I, I just love to chop. So they can put me on the chopping line. 
<laughs> what do you collect, if anything, and why? Oh, wow. I collect uh, business cards quite by accident, <laughs> just because we go out so often. Um, the, bit, the thing that I really do love to collect is uh, specialty salts. I love all forms of, like, specialty harvested salts, like Jacobson salts, and then I'll go to uh, all of this, all of that in San Francisco, and she always has, like, a, just a giant pile of specialty salts, like salts with uh, tomato and basil in them, salts that taste like heirloom tomatoes, salts that taste like uh, volcanic ash. Yeah, I have, I have all of that. <laughs> I've got to try all of those things. <laughs> um, and so as somebody who is, uh, you know, first of all, a real hustler and, um, you know, it seems like, you know, taught yourself to do a lot of different things, what is the last thing that you taught yourself to do? The last thing that I taught myself to do? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a great question. Dang! You have me racking my brain. Um, wow. Once it becomes me, it's like, just, it just goes, right? Um, hmm. I think the last thing I taught myself how to do was, um, do blood work. So do like medical blood work for a person. Whoa. I, I, I guess that could be a, a topic all in itself. That sounds very interesting. Um, and so what is something that you feel strongly about that not many people know? Huh, what do I feel strongly about that not many people know? I think I'm, uh, I'm one of those people where people say to me, how do you really feel? Because I make my opinions pretty well known. Um, what do I feel strongly about? I think that I believe that women's rights are human rights. Uh, I believe that black lives matter. Uh, I believe that you should uh, adopt your dog and not buy it. There we go. <laughs> I, I agree. I uh, am a huge dog lover. Um, and uh, so, yeah, thank you so much. And so the next 30 seconds are all yours to plug anything that you like. Hmm, okay. Well, hello, people out there. What I would really like to plug is a tour at my factory in San Francisco. If you're in the neighborhood, I love, and you're in hardware, especially for hardware founder, I'd love to meet you. And I'd love for you to see my factory, and I'd love to teach you about how to manufacture in the United States, if that's in your interest. I have so many resources going through what I've gone through to manufacture in the United States. Uh, my website is namiku.com, and you can contact me through there. My email is lisa at namiku.com. And I would just like to thank uh, you so much for your time today. And it was so great to learn about you and, and your business. Um, and I hope that everyone listening uh, will go out and try a Namaku and help us turn the word Namaku into a, a noun and a verb and, you know, Namaku your food. That sounds great. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe to the VentureForth podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You can also follow at VentureForthPod on Twitter for our latest updates. As always, I'm your host, Joe Mahavutivani, and thank you for listening to the VentureForth podcast.